As I predicted Tuesday evening, the Republican line of defense regarding President Trump's myriad foibles has boiled down to this. Trump is a victim. He's a victim of the press. He's a victim of spineless Republicans who won't back his play. He's a victim of the deep state. In a world of snowflakes, Trump is a veritable one-man blizzard. Here is the sad truth. President Trump is a victim of himself. All Republicans have to deal with basically the same enemies. The media. Mitt Romney was targeted as a bad man for supposedly strapping a dog to the top of his car and forcibly cutting a gay kid's hair back in 1720. John McCain was allegedly a doddering old crazy person who wouldn't survive a term in office. George W. Bush was a war criminal who sold blood for oil and murdered hundreds of thousands of people to get Halliburton some walking around money. Spineless Republicans. Remember Republicans who weren't willing to defend George W. Bush during his administration? They were plentiful, and they included many of the same players as they do now. Bush was uncouth, according to many of these people. He had lied. People had died. In fact, one of the spineless Republicans who jumped on the bandwagon against Bush was a fellow who had expressed tepid support for the Iraq War, then turned on Bush with a vengeance when things started to go south. Some guy named Donald Trump. As for congressional Republicans, they wouldn't even ram through Social Security privatization after Bush's re-election. The Deep State. Doesn't anyone remember the Bush administration actually launching an FBI probe to target leakers within the administration and in Congress? You remember Special Prosecutor Patrick Fitzgerald, appointed by one James B. Comey, to investigate the Bush administration leaks regarding Valerie Plame? In October 2003, Bush told his top officials to quote-unquote stop the leaks to the press, and that order promptly leaked to the press. Here's the difference between Trump and the rest of these Republican targets. Trump. They all had the same enemies, but those enemies did not include Mitt Romney or John McCain or George W. Bush. Trump is better at directly confronting the media than any of these other Republicans, but his full frontal assault has really achieved not much since he's unable to control himself. He substitutes his own fibs for theirs. He undermines his credibility dramatically. He undercuts the credibility of his own surrogates. Yes, he has helped rip down the media, which is great, but he's ripping himself down at the same time and thereby restoring American faith in the media. Here's the sad fact. Over the last week, the New York Times and Washington Post have been much more credible than the Trump administration. Trump has a base of Republicans who won't support him, but it's far, far smaller than that of Bush or McCain or Romney. In fact, unlike Bush's base, Trump's base isn't dependent on anything Trump does. Bush's approval ratings dropped into the basement when he pursued bad policy, whereas Trump's remains really high among Republicans, even as he pursues the Cleavon Little and Blazing Saddles strategy of negotiation. He's currently riding at 79% approval rating among Republicans, with just 16% disapproving. Spineless Republicans refusing to do his legislative bidding, that's really not the problem. The problem is that he doesn't have a legislative agenda and that he has not a lot of leverage with which to bargain with Republicans thanks to the incompetence. Bush had his share of Republican naysayers for sure, but he didn't spend his days offering them excuses to run for the hills. Finally, there's the deep state. Bush had leaks, but Bush locked down leaks, as Peggy Noonan wrote at the time, quote, the Bush White House doesn't leak because George W. actively and affirmatively does not want it to. Trump hasn't filled the vast majority of top roles, meaning Obama holdovers likely still dominate his administration. Trump also has no habit of instilling loyalty in those around him by pursuing an agenda or listening to advice or demonstrating he'll stand by his people. Instead, he's showing he's willing to throw anybody under the bus at any time. It's an easy, silly game to pretend that Trump's main opposition is the same opposition all Republicans face, even if that opposition is amped up this time around. Trump's main opposition remains himself, and the sycophants who insist his only problem is that he's such a suffering martyr. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. I know, pretty harsh on Trump, right? Well, you know, the, the, they have now issued a special prosecutor, a special counsel in the Trump case, and this is entirely of Trump's own making. I want to get to the fact that all of this seems to be uh, a bit of a witch hunt about nothing, but we'll talk about what's real and what's not in all of this. Again, I think it's important to note that Trump shot himself in the foot, and the only reason that his foot is now separated from his body is because he pulled the trigger. But we'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Lyft. So... My wife 
is a doctor, as I've mentioned a thousand times on the program. And that means she comes home very late at night sometimes, and she's too tired to drive, and that's why she calls up Lyft. That's why she uses the Lyft app. Right now, if you go to lyft.com slash Shapiro, they're actually looking for drivers. So it's not just about people who want to use Lyft as riders. Everyone wants to use Lyft as a rider because Lyft is fantastic. They have the best drivers. They have the best cars. All the cars are clean. Everybody goes through a check. But now they're looking for new drivers because they actually have so much demand. So many people are using Lyft that they want new drive. That they want actually new drivers. When you drive for the right ride sharing app. Every trip feels good, and Lyft is the way to do it. They are the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. If you are a Lyft driver, you are a happy driver. They believe the ride-sharing driver should actually have fun while they're on the job. Lyft, unlike other apps, offers in-app tipping. So that means that if you do a good job, then you're going to make more money because people are going to tip you. When you drive for Lyft, you keep 100% of the tips. Drivers have actually been paid $150 million in tips since the feature was introduced. Express Pay lets drivers get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. That means that when you drive up and there are 1,000 Lyft cars, then the person who's waiting for you can find you more easily. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips you want to make more money drive more it's really easy to give yourself a raise so join the ride sharing company that treats its people better lift.com slash shapiro today and you actually get 500 bucks right off the bat lift.com slash shapiro you get a 500 new driver bonus that's lift.com slash shapiro lift.com use that that slash shapiro and become a driver for lift and you get a $500 new driver bonus as soon as you're approved. It's a limited time only in terms to apply, but that's a pretty solid deal. Lyft.com slash Shapiro. Become a driver now. Supplement your income. And uh, it can be fun as well. I mean, I've ta- I talk to Lyft drivers all the time since I'm constantly a passenger. And uh, they seem pretty happy with what they're doing. So check it out. Lyft.com slash Shapiro. You get that $500 new driver bonus. Okay, so the big news of the day is that a special prosecutor, special counsel, has now been appointed in this investigation of Trump Russia. Again, I want to state there is no evidence that Trump is guilty with regard to collusion with Russia. There, let me repeat that again. There is no evidence that Trump is guilty with regard to collusion with Russia in any way, shape, or form. No evidence has been presented. This is all smoke. It's no fire. There are people who are looking pretty shady right now. Mike Flynn, his former national security advisor, is one of them. We'll talk about Flynn in a little while here. Paul Manafort, his former campaign manager, is another. But is this Watergate? No, it's not Watergate. It looks like if it's going to be a scandal, it's going to be much more like Iran Contra, where it looks like a subordinate did something and the president doesn't necessarily know about it. This is a case where Trump, it really looks like Trump is innocent. I understand why Trump is upset. I understand why Trump is tweeting. This morning, Trump was tweeting. If I were him, I'd be tempted to do it too, is the truth. Trump went out there this morning and he was tweeting that Hillary, there was never a special prosecutor associated with Hillary Clinton. There was never a special prosecutor under Obama. There was never a special counsel. He spelled it wrong, but he's right. There was never a special counsel that was, that was appointed for Benghazi or Fast and Furious, a case in which the DOJ clearly could not investigate itself or on the IRS scandal. He's absolutely right about all of those things. And if you're Trump and you're sitting there in the White House going, I didn't have anything to do with any of these things. Why is everybody bothering me about this? Yes, you too would be irritated. But the fact that Trump can't control himself is why we now have a special prosecutor. Because let's rewind. The reason that this happened in the first place is because Donald Trump fired James Comey. That's why we, there is now a special prosecutor. Remember, James Comey was the guy in charge of investigating all of this stuff. Trump didn't like and was impatient with the fact that Comey wouldn't just say that Trump was innocent, even if Flynn and Manafort and others were still involved in an investigation. So he fired Comey on the recommendation of Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, because he had to come up with this cover of using the deputy attorney general's letter, Rod Rosenstein's letter to fire Comey. And then Trump came out two days later and came out, no, it wasn't about that letter at all. It was really about the Russia stuff. 
Well, now Rod Rosenstein can't be involved in the Trump-Russia investigation because Trump has now involved him in it in a witness capacity because now Rod Rosenstein will probably be called in this case, if there is a case at all, it'll probably be subpoenaed and be brought before Congress to talk about what he knows about the Trump-Russia investigation and whether there was an attempt to stifle it or why Comey was fired. So Rosenstein can actually be involved. So because Trump fired Comey, made up an excuse, and then debunked his own excuse, now Rosenstein has to basically recuse himself. Sessions already had to recuse himself. Now Rosenstein has to recuse himself, which means that he basically has to appoint a, a special counsel. So this is all because Trump just decided to make a decision without a thought for the consequences. Now, here's the truth. This could actually be a good thing for Trump. The special counsel thing could actually be a good thing for Trump if and only if Trump can control himself. This is always the big question. Can Trump control himself? The reason that this could be a good thing for Trump is because the person who is in charge here is going to be a guy named Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller, if you recall, was the head of the FBI under George W. Bush, and then he was reappointed for a couple of years by President Obama. He worked in the Department of Justice for a dozen years as a U.S. attorney. He was an assistant attorney general under George H.W. Bush. In 2004, as director of the FBI, Mueller, along with Comey, who was at the time deputy AG, offered to resign from office if the White House overruled the DOJ ruling that domestic wiretapping without a court warrant was unconstitutional. So Mueller is a professional. He's, he's 72 years old. He's not going to want this investigation to drag on forever. Now, what does a special counsel mean? There are a lot of people who are opposed to the basic concept of a special counsel, and that's for good reason. That's for good reason, okay? Special counsels have a long history of exceeding their mandate. So Patrick Fitzgerald, who I mentioned earlier, was a special counsel appointed to look into the leaks about Valerie Plame. You remember this. Valerie Plame was working at the CIA, and her husband, Joe Wilson, ran a story about how there had never been yellow cake sold to the Iraqis, and it was kind of a shoddy story, but somebody leaked his wife's name to the press, Valerie Plame, and she was working for the CIA at the time. It turned out that it was Richard Armitage who was working for the administration, but Patrick Fitzgerald didn't prosecute Armitage. He went all the way to Scooter Libby and then prosecuted him for basically catching him in supposed perjury. Uh, so it, the, the problem with special prosecutors, Kenneth Starr on the, on the right, you know, with regard to the Lewinsky investigation or Patrick Fitzgerald on the left, the problem with, with a special prosecutor is a special prosecutor's basic job is to dig and dig and dig until you hit bedrock. And if you don't hit bedrock, if you just you hit more dirt, you just keep digging. So they're going to dig until they find something, which is why the Wall Street Journal has come out against the appointment of the special counsel, the special prosecutor. Now, Trump can fire him. The problem is, of course, that if Trump fired him, it would just redouble the pressure on the scandal. But here's why this could be good news for Trump. Number one, Mueller has a history of keeping his mouth shut. He is not leaky like, like James Comey. So he is not going to be out there every day in the press talking about what his investigation is doing. And in fact, he's not even answerable under the law to the attorney general as far as informing him as to what is going on on a regular basis. So theoretically, Mueller could just say to everybody, OK, everybody calm down. Everybody shut up. I'm looking into all this stuff. I'm looking into all of it and we'll get to the bottom of it. So sit down, shut up, wait a year. I'll be back. Right. And then Trump, anytime somebody asks him a question, you could say, listen, there's a special prosecutor, a special counsel looking at this. And because the special counsel is looking at this, I have nothing else to say on this matter. I'm sure he'll do a thorough job. Right. That's what Trump could say. It would probably go away for a year. Right? Everything would go quiet. The Democrats wouldn't have any reason to complain because Bob Mueller is well respected on both sides of the aisle. It could take pressure off Congress for subpoenaing people because now they could say, listen, Mueller's doing the job. It's not our job to do it. Let Mueller do it. So it could really be a good thing for Trump in a weird sort of way. But Trump has to stop shooting himself in the foot. So him going on Twitter, I understand why he's frustrated. But him going on Twitter this morning and, and talking about how he's the most persecuted president in the history of presidents 
it's not helpful. It makes him look like he's desperate. It makes him look like he's angry. It makes him look like he has something to hide. If he really has nothing to hide, his statement yesterday was the right statement. He made a statement yesterday from the White House where he said, listen, we'll do a full investigation and they'll come up with nothing, as I'm sure every other investigation will as well. And I'm focused on the work of the American people. That was the proper answer. Should have left it at that. Instead, instead, he started tweeting this morning about how he was the, the this is the biggest witch hunt in the history of the presidency. Again, you know, it is true that the media have amped up their game for Trump, for sure. Um, but this is not good strategy. I'm just putting aside the truth of it for a second. It's not good strategy. If you're the president of the United States, your best bet now is to sit down, shut up, let the investigation take its course. They're not going to find anything on you, so let it go. Instead, it just seems like chaos is reigning. Even Tucker Carlson, who's obviously a fan of the administration, uh, he was upset at the administration last night because they'd offered Kellyanne Conway to come on the air, and then Kellyanne Conway pulled out last second. Here's what uh, Tucker Carlson had to say about it. They said, we want to send over Kellyanne Conway. Great. Um, and then not long before air, they, they canceled it for reasons that weren't exactly clear. Now, I think a lot of the descriptions in the press about what's going on at the White House are false or they're animated by the hate the press has for Trump, which is totally real. But it does seem a little chaotic over there. i got to be honest yeah. with you. Is it as chaotic as it seems? I was over there today. I have to say it was like whenever you get like inside the bubble, it's so much more tranquil. People are just like doing their jobs. Nobody's running around. I think if you take a step away from their daily jobs, this is a lot on a White House staff. I mean, this is more breaking news uh, around an administration we've seen in, I don't know if we've ever seen it before. And I think that comes with a certain amount of stress yeah. that's on these folks. And they also have so the point here is that Carlson is obviously upset because the White House is not handling its business properly. Again, the White House could come out of this. It's so easy here. It really is. And it's been easy every step of the way because self-created problems are also problems you can solve yourself. Trump is capable of solving these problems. All he has to do, appoint a, a director of the FBI who's going to be a bipartisan pick and then appoint somebody, and then let the special prosecutor do his job. That's it. That's it. That's all he has to do. We'll talk about whether he's going to do that in just a second. First, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at CISO. So there's a brand new show over at CISO.com. It's called Hidden America with Jonah Ray. It's a travel show where the places are real, but the people definitely aren't. It's a comedic journey through America that's a travel show parody, uh, which is basically making fun of Anthony Bourdain, which is totally worthwhile since I think Anthony Bourdain is kind of a schmuck. So this is really, it's a very, very funny show. And CISO has lots of funny shows. They have plenty of, of big names who are creating shows now. Uh, they have stand-up comedy from all of your favorite comics. Louis C.K. is my personal favorite comic. He may be on left, but he is freaking hilarious. And they have all of the stand-up classics from Louis C.K. and uh, and Big J. Okerson. And uh, basically, all of your favorite comics are at CISO.com. And if you go over there right now and use promo code BEN, you get one month for free. They've got the entire backlog of Saturday Night Live, the entire Monty Python catalog. They have, as I say, both seasons of Hidden America with Jonah Ray. They have a debut TV series um, from uh, from My Brother, My Brother, and Me's the McElroy Brothers. They, they have all sorts of just great comedy. So if you need a laugh and you need a break, which is, I think, where a lot of people are at, it's where I'm at these days, then you need to go to CISO.com and subscribe. You can get its content anytime using iOS, Android, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Windows, or even Xbox One. It is $3.99 per month. $3.99 per month for all of that comedy. Again, it's CISO.com, S-E-E-S-O.com. My wife and I watch it pretty much every night. Sign up right now. You get one month free with promo code BEN at checkout. It's the comedy that you need. They've got all the late-night shows. Again, I think everybody needs to lighten up a little bit right now, and CISO.com is one way to make sure that that happens. Go, go over to CISO.com, use that promo code BEN so that they know that we sent you, and also so that you can get that one month for free. Okay, so uh, the, the Democrats, meanwhile, 
are pushing on the Comey stuff. So now the Democrats are basically silenced on the Trump-Russia investigation as far as Mueller. So Mueller's looking into it. There's nothing for them to talk about. But they're amping up their game with regards to the Comey firing. So remember, it's it, they're going to focus in on the supposed cover-up, not on the supposed crime. Again, for the fourth time this show, there is no evidence that Trump personally colluded with Russia in any way. Zero evidence whatsoever. So what are they focusing on? They're focusing on the supposed cover-up of evidence that they have no proof exists. And they're focusing on Trump firing Comey. As I said yesterday, what actually happened in the firing of Comey, in all likelihood, was that Trump thinks that Mike Flynn is innocent. And so he asked Comey, can you leave him alone? Not because he thinks Flynn is guilty and wants and wants Comey off his case, but because he thinks Flynn is innocent. So he says, can you leave him alone? Comey says, well, not really. And then a couple of months later, Trump is pissed because Comey won't just say that Trump is innocent. And so Trump fires Comey and then he handles it really, really badly. So the Democrats are jumping on the Comey firing to suggest a cover up, even though there really is not even evidence of a cover up yet. It's it's really over the top. So the Democrats are focused on bringing Comey before Congress and talking about Comey as much as possible. Mark Warner, senator from uh, from Virginia, he says that the American people want to hear from Comey real thing that the American public wants to hear is they want to hear from Jim Comey. They want to hear from him in open hearing. And I think the appropriate venues, the Senate Intel Committee, if he chooses another committee, that's fine as well. But as long as he gets a, a chance to make his case. Okay, so the Democrats are jumping all over this. And the White House, again, is handling this about as badly as he possibly can. Sean Spicer, uh, White House press secretary, at least for the moment, he says that the White House has nothing to say about the news that broke yesterday about the James Comey memo, the, the, the memo that suggested that, that he had been told by Trump to drop the investigation or that Trump had suggested he drop the investigation. Here's Sean Spicer basically ignoring it. Oh, we don't, oh, we don't have that. So Spicer, sorry. So Spicer actually said that. And then, but here's the truth. Here's the truth, okay? Easy answer to all of this. Easy answer. Comey said in open testimony that people were not trying to quash his investigation, that people were not trying to get in his way. Here is a flashback. James Comey, like a week ago, talking about how he was never pressured to halt his investigation. If the attorney general or senior officials at the Department of Justice opposes a specific investigation, can they halt that FBI investigation? In theory, yes. Has it happened? Not in my experience, because it would be a big deal to tell the FBI to stop doing something that, without an appropriate purpose. I mean, we're oftentimes, they give us opinions that we don't see a case there, and so you ought to stop investing resources in it. But I'm talking about a situation where we were told to stop something for a political reason. That would be a very big deal. Okay, so... Uh, right. He said in open testimony, people weren't trying to stop him. Now, people on the left are saying, well, he was talking about the attorney general. You really think that if he was asked that question and he wanted to say the president's been trying to stop me from investigating, he couldn't have dropped it right there? So Comey himself is saying that he wasn't really pressured to drop this FBI investigation. Why isn't the White House pushing that line? The Democrats are out over their skis here. They're really out over their skis. Jason Chaffetz, who's going to be retiring this congressman from Utah, head of the House Oversight Committee, he says, and he's right, the Democrats don't have anything here. They really don't. So do you think that the appointment of Robert Mueller as special counsel to look into this Russia question, whatever that question is, will stop right, right. the acceleration we've seen in the last week, talk of impeachment, of removing Trump somehow from no, office? No. Just, well, no. How would it not? 
<laughs> no, no, they're not going to slow them down. Now they're just going to change their talking points. The Democrats, by the way, I love their newfound commitment to openness, transparency, and accountability. I mean, where did that come from? All of a sudden, the, come January 20th, they were all for it. Um, but they're just going to change their talking points and say this administration is in chaos. And by the way, it's under investigation itself. It had to have a special counsel. You, you'll hear them. I mean, you could just already hear them in advance. It, it, it's an insatiable desire. They have no idea. Chavis is totally right. Chavis is totally right that the the special prosecutor isn't going to make the Democrats feel any better. But it's at least a, it's at least a good cover for the Trump administration if the Trump administration is willing to use it. Now, I do want to talk about where the Trump administration is vulnerable on all of this. But for that, you're going to have to go over to DailyWire.com and become a subscriber for eight dollars a month. You too can be a subscriber at DailyWire.com. You can see the rest of the show live, and you can check it out annually uh, and get a free copy of Jeremy Boring's The Arroyo, a fictional film, modern Western set on the southern border about a rancher trying to defend his land from the drug cartels. Uh, again, dailywire.com is where you go if you want to become a subscriber. We do appreciate, by the way, you subscribing. It helps us make this show possible every every day. It helps us bring it to you uh, at the top-notch quality to which you have become accustomed. Uh, we will be having beautiful new studios, by the way, in the near future, uh, and that will also be because our subscribers uh, have joined our team, uh, and so we always appreciate that. If you don't want to subscribe right now, you just want to listen a little bit later, then go over to iTunes or SoundCloud. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button, and then make sure that you uh, make sure that you leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so with all of this said about how Trump is not personally involved and the Democrats have nothing on Trump because they don't have anything on Trump, there's a lot of breaking news about Mike Flynn. The biggest mistake that Trump has made this entire administration is making Mike Flynn his national security advisor. He did it apparently out of personal loyalty. Flynn was out there ranting and raving on the stump forum for a long time, and that deserved some sort of reward, Trump thought. Uh, the problem was twofold. There, there's a twofold problem. Number one, there's a. it turns out that Mike Flynn was being paid by the Turkish government. There's a report from the New York Times. Michael T. Flynn told President Trump's transition team weeks before the inauguration that he was under federal investigation for secretly working as a paid lobbyist for Turkey during the campaign, according to two people familiar with the case. Despite this warning, which came about a month after the Justice Department notified Mr. Flynn of the inquiry, Mr. Trump made Mr. Flynn his national security advisor. The job gave Mr. Flynn access to the president and nearly every secret held by American intelligence agencies. This is actually a problem. Okay, this is actually a problem that, that, that Flynn was being paid by the Turks and that he told the Trump transition team this and they appointed him national security advisor anyway. That's that's a real problem, especially because you combine that with the McClatchy report that came out yesterday as well. And the McClatchy report says that Mike Flynn, while he was national security advisor, he or right before he was appointed national security advisor, he basically tried to kill a military operation against ISIS that was opposed, that was opposed by the Turks. So the implication supposedly, and there's not proof of this, but this is sort of the, the dark implication, is that because he was in the pay of the Turks and he was in agreement with the Turks, he killed an operation where Kurdish fighters were going to be used to retake Raqqa, the Islamic State de facto capital, uh, and that operation was delayed, allowing ISIS to remain there because Mike Flynn still had impact over foreign policy. And the Trump administration knew a lot of this stuff, and they left him in power for a long time. The problem is this doesn't just hurt Trump. This actually, because Trump can just say, I didn't know any of this, right? It never bled up to me. It actually hurts Pence, because if you recall, Mike Pence was the head of the Trump transition team. So if the Trump transition team was informed, and according to reports, Donald McGahn, the White House counsel, was informed, if the Trump transition team knew, this implicates Pence. Pence said just a, a couple of months ago, he said that he had no idea that Flynn was being paid by the Turks. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn 
has filed with the Department of Justice as a foreign agent for making more than $500,000 as a lobbyist essentially for Turkey. Your reaction to that, considering that, doesn't that mean, Mr. Vice President, that even if he didn't lie to you about what the Russian ambassador said or didn't say, that you would have had to fire him anyway? Let me say, hearing that story today was the first I heard of it. And um, I fully support the decision that President Trump made to ask for General Flynn's resignation. You're disappointed. He, say, he says that twice in the interview that he never heard of it before. We're going to find out because now you have a problem, right? If the Trump transition team knew that Flynn was in the pay of the Turks and in the pay of the Russians, now there's a report out today that Flynn had discussions. This is, this is an exclusive report from Reuters that Flynn had discussions with Sergei Kislyak. We've, I've been wondering this whole time. I've been saying this whole time. I don't really know why Flynn was fired because if Flynn had a conversation with the Russian ambassador, who cares? Why is that a big deal? Right? Why is that big enough to fire him? And the Trump administration excuse that he lied to Pence just doesn't wash. So what exactly was the problem? Problem. If the Reuters report from today is true, then it explains it. The Reuters report today says that Mike Flynn was having discussions with Sergei Kislyak about setting up a back channel for communications between Donald Trump and the Russians that, that went around the national security apparatus. That's the Reuters report from today, which is just, I mean, if that's true, then that is a serious problem, obviously. You don't want the president of the United States. He has the capacity to do this, but it's it's not a good thing. You don't actually want to set up like a straight channel. According to Reuters, they were establishing a back channel for communications between Trump and Putin that could bypass the U.S. national security bureaucracy. It apparently stemmed from the two sides feeling the national security apparatus was hostile to improved relations between the U.S. and Russia. Maybe that's why they fired him, because they figured, OK, if it sounds like he was in the pay of the Russians and then he was setting up a back channel of negotiation between Trump and Russia, then that's a problem. But whatever the issue here, Mike Flynn was a disaster area. Appointing him was a huge mistake. It probably, again, was not because Trump was doing anything nefarious. It's because Trump was loyal to Flynn, who he felt like was his general. And then he appointed him over the opposition of pretty much everybody. But now he's got a problem because Flynn is going to be called to testify. He was called to testify by the Senate Intelligence Committee, and he is ignoring the subpoena today. He's saying that he's not going to come in and he's not going to testify in front of Congress. That does not look good for Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn, according to NBC News, is the target of the investigation, or at least one of the targets of the Bob Mueller investigation over at the over at the uh, FBI and the DOJ. So, you know, if anybody is going to damage Trump here, it's going to be Flynn. It's going to be Flynn. Trump's defense here again is is going to mistake. He he keeps going out there and saying he's the most victimized president ever. It's just something that it's not forget about becoming. It's not strategically smart. Here's Trump saying it yesterday at a at an event. Uh, for the military, I believe. Look at the way I've been treated lately. Especially by the media. No politician in history, and I say this with great surety, has been treated worse or more unfairly. You can't let them get you down. You can't let the critics and the naysayers get in the way of your dreams. Because <laughs> he's talking to Coast Guard graduates and he starts complaining about how, how mean people are to him. Again, uh, as far as people who have been treated unfairly in the presidency, uh, Abraham Lincoln comes to mind. Uh, you know, he was shot in the back of the head in a the theater. Uh, his brains ended up on the wall. So I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln as far as people who are victimized unfairly. Uh, George W. Bush, actually, on top of that list. Uh, I remember, as I said earlier in the show, people ripping him as a war criminal and an oil for a, a blood for oil guy. Uh, and I remember one of those chief critics being a, a guy who is now president of the United States. So, you know, th this idea that he is the most victimized victim ever, 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 it's it's 
not true, but it's also not particularly strategically smart by Trump. What Trump needs to do now is he needs to just separate from Mike Flynn. There's a report today that he had called Mike Flynn to offer him uh, some sort of basically buck up there, Mike, uh, talk. And then Flynn says he's not going to testify before the Senate. Trump needs to remove himself. But this is the biggest problem with the Trump administration. This is why we now have a special counsel. Trump, he, he apparently does not have the capacity to remove himself. He needs to remove himself from the equation. Focus on policy. Just spend the next year focusing on policy. Ram through legislation everybody likes. You've said it before, Mr. President. You've said if we get 3%, 4% GDP growth, no one's going to care about any of this other stuff. That is 100% true. But you know what's happening right now? The stock market dipped 300 points yesterday because people are unsure that President Trump is focused enough to actually focus on those issues. Mr. President, I implore you, separate off from these issues. Compartmentalize. Let, please. I mean, I know you're not watching the show, but I hope that someone close to you is. Please, for the love of God, please, let Bob Mueller do his job, shut up about it, appoint an FBI director who's going to be well-respected, and then just let this thing take its course, say that you're letting the thing take its course, maintain your innocence, and then just be quiet and go out and push policies that everybody likes, and no one will care about this anymore. Reagan is still one of the most popular presidents in American history, and Iran-Contra dogged him for the last three years of his administration. Okay, this doesn't have to be the end for you, but if you keep twirling around like a top, it's not going to work out well for you. The urge to fight back is an admirable one. I have it too. Everyone has it. But you need to save your fire for number one, when you're not vulnerable, and number two, for when you're actually not connected, right, with, with regard to Flynn. So please, focus on the things that matter. Okay, time for some things I like, things I hate, and we'll do mailbag. So the things I like uh, we'll do in just one second. First, I want to say thank you to our friends over at Beachbody On Demand. So I'm getting ready to travel again, and uh, if you haven't noticed... You, because I'm in stellar shape anyway, but I have lost about five pounds in the last two weeks uh, because I've decided that while I am deeply muscular, uh, that I need to get rid of a little of the extra fat. That's why I have been using Beachbody P90X. Beachbody On Demand makes sure they're, they're, they're your total solution for health, fitness, and weight loss. Members get convenient access. Once you become a Beachbody On Demand member, you get convenient access to over $6,000 worth of the most effective fitness programs and nutrition programs ever created. We're talking about the P90X, the Insanity 21-Day Extreme Fix, the T25, the three-week yoga retreat. Again, if you just want, if you want to get in shape, you want to stay in shape, you just want to exercise while you're on the road, Beachbody is perfect for this because you bring it up on your laptop or on your iPad, and then it exercises with you. They offer a huge variety of workout ranging from cardio to weight training and from yoga to low impact and even dance, so you can find a workout that is specifically the best for you, and then you can do it as much or as little as you want. Make sure it's as much as you want. And you, the way to get Beachbody on demand, you text Shapiro to 303030. Text Shapiro to 303030. And when you do that, you get a 330-day membership. You can check out their entire catalog. You can see what they offer. It's a brand new service. It already has almost a million members. Again, text Shapiro to 303030. Get a full 30 days of access to the entire platform for free. Very often when I'm in town, I work with a personal trainer. On the days when I'm not, I work with Beachbody On Demand, and it's pretty much just as good. Beachbody On Demand, check it out, particularly if you're a traveler like me. It's just, it's absolutely vital. Shapiro to 303030, text it on your phone. Shapiro to 303030, you get that free 30-day membership. And again, they, you know, they, they have over 500 different workouts. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Check it out. And it's over $6,000 worth of most effective fitness programs on the planet. And you can see the products. I mean, just go over to Beachbody right now and check it out. Or text Shapiro to 303030. Okay. Time for things I like. So, uh, I have to admit that I thought this was really funny. Uh, the, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, John Kelly, uh, he was, um, General, General Kelly, he was at this Coast Guard event yesterday. 
and he handed Trump an honorary an honorary sword, and uh, this honorary sword was uh, the ceremonial sword. He uh, he was caught in a hot mic, and here's what it sounded like. press <laughs> and trump laughs and says yeah that's right now of course everybody in the left goes nuts oh my god it means he's actually gonna take chuck todd out and he's gonna split him i mean it's gonna be just like a samurai movie no it's not i mean this kind of stuff gets caught on a hot mic all the time it's actually pretty funny uh so i, I thought that that was uh, i thought that was kind of funny uh, other things that i thought were were good yesterday Rahm Emanuel. Uh, came out and he recognized that the big problem for Democrats is that they actually hate the middle class, which is clearly true. Here's Rahm Emanuel talking about it. I think we don't talk about and fight for the middle class like we are. We believe we're for them, but they don't. If they don't hear we're for them, then we got a problem because we're not going to convince them that they're wrong. And I think so. I'm glad that Democrats are starting to recognize this problem. The big problem is that their policies do not favor the middle class. Their policies favor the poor. So the idea that their policies are, are in favor of people who are developing businesses, small business owners, uh, people who have ambition to move into the upper middle class, uh, they don't. I mean, they, they penalize those people. So it's good that Democrats are recognizing the problem. But the big problem is that the solution isn't anything they're ever going to contemplate. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, so the number one thing that I hate today is people must stop, stop pushing the Seth Rich stuff. Stop pushing it. There's no evidence yet, okay? Stop. Stop pushing the Seth Rich stuff unless you can actually provide evidence. The Seth Rich family is asking for apologies from people. I talked about the Seth Rich story yesterday. I talked about it two days in a row. Two days ago, I said, here are the reports. I brought you all of the contemporaneous reports. Yesterday, I brought you the update, which said that the private investigator who said he had evidence actually has no evidence, and that the FBI advisor who said that he had evidence or that he had seen these emails didn't even have access to the computer, according to members of the FBI, because it's in the possession of the D.C. police. Barring any further evidence cropping up, stop. Okay, stop. You're rehashing something that apparently isn't true unless you can actually bring more evidence. So bring more evidence and we'll talk. But if you don't have any more evidence, then please stop pushing this because otherwise you're just pushing a hoax. It's like Pizzagate. Don't push things that are not true just because they're politically beneficial to your side. Uh, There's a major host whose name I shall not mention uh, who talked about it again yesterday on his radio show and his TV show. This needs to stop, okay? You don't get to push a false narrative just because you are attempting to rebut stuff against Trump, and that's really what a lot of this is. I, I think it's a mistake. The, it, just, just foolish. Okay, other things that, uh, other things that I hate. And the airlines are having a really bad couple of months. United Airlines apparently has now charged an Army National Guardsman for his Kevlar. Um, and uh, and here's, the, here's the, the news talking about it. Is forced to pay $200 to board a United Airlines plane home. The charge was for an overweight bag, a fee he felt was unnecessary. Fox 7's Noel Newton joins us in studio with that story. Noel? First Lieutenant John Rader joined the National Guard in 2006. He says he's flown countless times for military assignments and never encountered an issue until last night. He hopes sharing what happened will encourage United Airlines to be more forgiving and flexible when it comes to the military. Again, they, they do need to be more flexible when it comes to the military. I'll assume that United didn't know what was in the bag or that he didn't tell them. But if he told them, then that's inexcusable. I mean, come on. You need to, these are members of the armed forces always get to board planes first. They should also be able to travel with their Kevlar. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Okay, let's, uh, let's spend some time on the mailbag today. So, the mailbag. Noah says, 
Hey, Ben, I have a biblical question for you. I'm curious as to why God didn't destroy Satan or at least banish him to hell forever after he rebelled against him. Since God is all-knowing and all-powerful, wouldn't he have known that Satan would cause so much turmoil on earth? So, Noah, honestly, this is a question that I think should more honestly be directed toward Christian theologians than Jewish ones, because the notion of Satan being cast down to earth is not part of Jewish tradition. The notion of, of Satan rebelling against God and then being thrown out of the, out of the palace, uh, that's not part of the Jewish tradition. So I actually don't know the answer to this. Uh, you better be, you know, ask Clavin. Clavin, I'm sure, has a good answer for this one. Um, you know, the broader answer of why God allows bad things to happen is typically free will. I don't know about the Satan example, uh, particularly. Satan in Jewish, in Jewish literature is not the bad guy. It's not like there's, there's Satan and he's like sitting around pulling the strings. Satan is actually just another emissary of God. He's considered the prosecutor. That's the, his job is the prosecutor. He prosecutes human beings. In the book of Job, his job is to prosecute Job uh, and, to, and to test God. But that's a, a function that God has established in opposition, or at least so that we can understand opposition to him if God is having an internal monologue. Uh, Nicholas says, do you think the problems America has economically are a direct result of not following capitalism as stringently as we should? Yes, obviously. I al- I've always thought that capitalism has not been the, the prevailing system of economics in the United States since the 1920s, maybe. Uh, really, the, the fact is that FDR helped create a corporate state in which the government is deeply involved with the workings of business. Everything is overregulated. Everything is overtaxed. And the government gives subsidies to businesses that it likes and that, are, and that, it, and that it favors in terms of politics. If all of that were to stop, then you would see the economy boom like never before, which is one of the reasons the stock market has jumped since Trump took office, because the idea was that Trump was going to slash reg- regulations. That's what business wants. Brittany says, hey, Ben, big fan, avid listener of your DW podcast. In my college English class, we just got assigned to write an argument on the American dream and if it's still possible or even exists today. She, of course, gave examples of how we can focus on either racial or immigration aspects of the notorious gender wage gap. She said Lady Liberty would be in tears right now. What actually is the American dream as we should define it? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks, Ben. Okay, so the American dream, as, as I understand the American dream, is to live the life that you see fit with your family without government intervention. That's the American dream. And that life doesn't have to be getting rich. People have used American dream as, I'm going to make decisions that allow me to get rich. Okay, well, if that's your choice, that's your choice. But a lot of people make decisions that they deliberately forego money in order to live a life that they want to live. The American dream is being left alone. That, to me, is the American dream. It is not the American dream to take somebody else's money or to force a subsidy through government or to take indirect taxation and use it for yourself. That is not the American dream. Adam says, if you could know the truth of one popular conspiracy theory which would you choose? Well, I, I think that um, I don't believe conspiracy theories generally. So, uh, you know, people obviously the, the the easy answer here is JFK, but I don't think that was a conspiracy. I think that he was shot. I think he was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. So I don't really think there was a conspiracy there. Um, as far as uh, the, the and I think that other other conspiracies are relatively clear cut. For example, the IRS taking President. Obama's cues and then targeting conservative groups. I don't think that's a conspiracy that really needs substantiation. Uh, There are not a lot of conspiracies in American history that I think uh, need to be proved true. I think one that would be worthwhile looking at uh, is the amount of communist involvement in Hollywood in the 1950s. So I think a lot of people have pilloried the right for suggesting that the communists were involved in Hollywood. They clearly were involved in Hollywood. Uh, 
I, I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. Again, I think there's a lot of evidence to back that up. Um, but this, I guess, is unique to me. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy because I believe in evidence. And so if the evidence points toward a conspiracy, I'm willing to humor it. Um, I, I don't really believe in conspiracy theories as a general matter. Josh says, Dear Ben, would you say raising children is better for changing the world or becoming an activist and participating in peaceful protest? Or is there a middle ground? Obviously, I believe you have to do some of both. Uh, I think that raising children is obviously the best thing that you can do for the world. Raising good kids means that you're going to have a next generation of people who are willing to fight. But one of the ways that you model being a good person to your kids is fighting for causes that are worth while. I think that it's important to stand up for values in your life. Kids don't just pay attention to what you say. They pay attention to what you do. If you stand up for good things, there's a better shot that your kids will as well. Jeremy says, hey, Ben, you recently shared a picture on Facebook of you and your wife signing a religious post-nup. How do you respond to those who say that a prenup or post-nup casts dispersions on your marriage and sets you up for divorce? Also, is a religious prenup any different than a secular financial one? Thanks. So yeah, on, on Facebook, if you check out my Facebook page, I shared a picture of me and my wife holding up a piece of paper that says we signed what's called a, a religious post-nup because we're obviously already married. The reason for this is because Judaism has a weird loophole in which when two people get divorced, the man has to give the wife what's called a get, which is a bill of divorce. If he refuses to give her a get, she can't get divorced under, under Orthodox Jewish law. This has created a really horrible situation, what they call the Aguna crisis, in which women are divorced by their husbands in secular court and then the man will go and remarry because it's technically not forbidden to marry under the Torah. It's not technically not forbidden to marry more than one woman, although Jews haven't done it for, for centuries. Uh, it's technically not forbidden. So men will not give their wife the get. Then they will go on and spend the rest of their lives doing other things. And the woman is, meanwhile, barred from actually getting married. So a religious post-nup basically forces me to give a get to my wife in the event of a divorce. So it, it forces me to... to allow her to be free if we decide to get divorced instead of holding her hostage. There are dozens of cases in the Jewish community every year in which, probably hundreds of cases in the Jewish community every year, I know two personally, in which women are basically held hostage by terrible husbands uh, who have decided to get rid of their wives or who have done something that has caused the wife to leave and now the husband decides that it's important for him to hold the get so that he can do a financial hold up on her. Um, that's why we did this. It's important for all Orthodox Jews to get a religious prenup or postnup. That's not the same as a secular prenup or postnup, uh, which I think is is you know ca does in fact cast aspersions on the marriage. I think if you're signing a, a secular prenup that says in the event of divorce I'm going to pay you all this money, uh, then that's a the, you know, mostly that that one is not so bad. If you say in the event of divorce I'm going to give you five million dollars, that's not a bad postnup because or prenup because that's in favor of the woman. But if it's a, a prenup where it says you don't get any of my money if we get divorced, then that's pretty much assuming that your wife is kind of a gold digger. So uh, that that is that that's more of a problem. But a religious prenup and postnup not the same thing. Cameron says, hi, Ben, what's the craziest dream you've ever had? The craziest dream I've ever had. Wow. Um, I, don't, I don't tend to remember my dreams particularly well, actually. I can, and, and no one remembers the craziest dreams they have. They mostly remember either the really good dreams or the really bad dreams. So I've had some really, really horrible nightmares. Uh, and nightmares are always where members of your family are dying or where they're in danger and you can't do anything to stop them or you're running in place and you can't get away. You know, I've had all of those dreams, obviously. Um, but I'd have to think about that one a little bit more. What's the craziest dream uh, that I've ever had? As far as the craziest dream that I've ever had, like just in real life, my craziest dream was to play professional baseball. That obviously was never going to happen. Uh, Austin says, hey, Ben, huge fan of the show. I graduated from college last weekend and I was wondering what your biggest tip of advice that you could possibly give to someone transitioning from student to full-time employee would be. Okay, the, the advice is buckle down, work, don't complain, don't make a fuss. The basic rule here is no one wants to hear about the pregnancy, they just want to see the baby. And the best words that you can say at, at work are, I'll take care of it, boss. If you do that, you'll do fine. 
I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 